You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. I want to welcome uh, both of our current campuses, both of our Olathe campus and our South Oldham Park campus as well, in the venue and auditorium, and those joining us online as well. We encourage you, uh, God has told you something special for you. We're in week two of our series on five key women of the Bible. We're studying five key women, five weeks. We're studying women like Eve and Esther and Hannah and the woman at the well. And this week, we're going to be in Judges chapter four and five, the book of Judges in the Old Testament. Chapter 4 and 5, studying the woman, the key woman named Deborah. And speaking of key women, I'm going to introduce this key woman to my left, who's going to be uh, teaching with me today. This is Sheila Conniser. She is, let me tell you about her, she is a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. She is a gifted leader. Uh, she's somebody that impacts not only the entire church, unbeknownst to you maybe, the entire church of Grace Church. She also impacts my leadership as well directly. She is the leader of our connections department. She serves on our director leadership team. She is smart. She's hardworking. She's compassionate. She is passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ to the local church. And she's a good friend of mine. So, so would you just, I want to hear the thunder of your voices and cheering. I mean, I want to hear Olathe Thunder. South Oldham Park, you're up for Sheila Connexer. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, baby. Thanks, Tim. I love the encouraging <laughs> words. Could do without the clapping. You hate but, the clapping. Right, love, uh, that's too bad for you. You, you deserve it. So I love, love your confidence, me. So thank you. Um, seven years ago, I came to Grace Church with the intent to just worship yeah. and heal at that yeah. time in my yeah. life. And I'm a totally different woman now um, because of the influence of this church and the people that are here, um, especially with you and, and Brian, just your influence in my life. And I just love this church, and so I'm excited to be a part of this with you. And when you said, hey, let's do Women of the Bible together, it's like, okay, this will be fun, exciting, and a whole lot of nervousness. So, um, But there are these women, there's great principles that we can apply in everybody's life uh, directly to our life. So that's what I'm excited to see, how God uses these women to impact our church. Absolutely. And so Sheila is the series champion. We, we spread that around different people thinking about, hey, what we good creative elements for that series, those kinds of things. And so as part of this process, we're talking about Deborah. She's a key woman in the Bible. You're a key woman at Grace. Why don't you share the big theme we have from today's topic? Yeah, so like Deborah, we were designed for influence. Like Deborah, we were designed for influence so that we can influence people for God. You know, we have what the world needs. We have this hope and this peace, joy that comes from Jesus. And we need to share that with the world because if we don't, then, then who will? And we're also talking about that. Like what's at stake if we don't embrace our calling and share that with the, with the world? Yeah, so we find, we're going to see in this moment, when Deborah arrives on the scene, she's the fourth of 12 good judges back in the book of Judges. And, and her local tribes, two of the 12 tribes, have been suffering in misery for 20 years. Decades, 20 years of less than God intended. And Sheila, how many people have you heard about this year? Just this year, in 2018, set free from decades of their own sin and shame and guilt from their past. 
set free from abuse, horrible abuse imposed upon them by somebody else. Set free from this negative talk they've heard for decades. Set free from the feeling that, okay, this is, I have to accept this. This is the way life is going to be. It's like you hear about a Christianity of silence and peace and joy and you settle. You think to yourself, well, I must, something must be wrong with me because I don't have that. And I've tried. So I'm not getting that. Something's wrong with me or with Christianity, but I can't get that. That is settling. And at some point when you're finally sick of it, you call out to God who raises up a deliverer. That's what judge means, deliverer. And God delivers you to a place of silence and peace and joy. And so that's what we're talking about this moment. So we're going to see four leadership moments. Four moments where Deborah wasn't looking to be a judge. There was no elected position of judge. She simply was walking with God, and God used her to influence people. We were designed to influence people for Jesus Christ. So they're set free from their bondage as well. So these four moments we're going to share, I'll share one, you do two, I'll do one, we'll split them. And uh, Sheila, why don't you pray for us as we unpack these, this story of Deborah, which we all need to be Deborahs, basically. So, share this. Father, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for Deborah and the life that she led, that we can look at her. And, and Father, I just ask that you use this, this sermon today to just um, speak to us, speak through your word, that we may leave here people that want to influence this world around us. We know this world so desperately needs you, and we just um, ask that you move in us, move through this place, so that we can be people that influence the world for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so before getting to Judges 4 and 5, I want to give you an overview of the entire book of Judges real briefly. The, the book of Judges is built on this cycle of sin that happens over and over, 12 or 13 times. Here is the cycle of sin. It starts with step one, people sin. And now everybody sins, but these people don't confess their sins. They don't repent or turn from their sins. And because they don't confess or turn from their sins, number two, enemies persecute. God withdraws his hand of protection. Now their life is miserable. And they let that misery go on for sometimes decades, seven years, 20 years, 40 years, until number three, they're finally sick of it. So they pray out to God, God, I'm sick of this. This shouldn't be what my life with you is like. So God, in response, raises up a judge, number four. The word judge is translated deliverer or savior. Every one of these 12 good judges are pictures of the one good judge, the one good deliverer, Jesus Christ. They're all pictures of Jesus Christ, pictures of us, what we do in our life. And after that judge is raised, godliness is restored. Until, number one, people sin. And they, they sin and they don't repent. They don't turn from that and they go back into the cycle. So here are the 12, 13 judges found in the book of Judges. I say 12 or 13, depending on the list you see. It's based on number six. Number six is Abimelech. That dude was a fake, a fraud, and wicked. Though he did deliver them just into his own power. And so he's left off of some of the lists. So it kind of reminds you, by the way, this list of 13 people with one fake reminds you of Jesus' men's group. He had a small group that he changed the world with, 12 apostles plus him. And one of the 13 was the Abimelech of the group, the Judas of the group. Now, he was the fake of the group. So we're going to study number four, Deborah. Deborah lived about 1100 B.C. She lived in the days of the judges, which were about 450 years, these judges. All the judges were local, not national. So they would deliver like one or two tribes. Other tribes still languishing. So these tribes had, you know, 20 years, 40 years of peace. 
And that is the book of Judges. And it kind of reminds you of today's people. People who are not accepting the Lord, not following the Lord, and in misery until they're finally sick of it and want to change. And they call it to God. Okay, so let's talk about these four moments. How does Deborah influence... I mean, you have the story of Deborah who is following God. Barak is a general. Uh, Barak is a general who's not following the Lord. He, God's told him he would deliver the nation, the, the people. If he just... Take that step. He won't do it. And then there's the people in misery. But she didn't look for being a judge. So her first way she actually starts influencing people that we all should do is, number one, this. Influencing people by cultivating relationships. She influences people by cultivating relationships. And these are the two relationships God calls us to cultivate. He calls us to put our, our relationship with God first. Do you take time for just you and God? I mean, you have the you take the have the discipline and intentionality to make sure there's time with you and God that you're talking to Him each day, you're listening to Him. Also, throughout your day, you're consulting Him. But He is first in your heart, first in your life, and then you cultivate relationships with people around you. So at some point, they come to you and say, "What is different about you?" Or they you tell a story of what God did, how God used you to help deliver somebody else. And in the midst of you telling this story, they say, you know, I need that too. So that, that's what she was doing. She was delivering people, just following the Lord. It says Josh, Judges chapter 4, verse 4. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. So calling her a prophetess. That is, she's clearly cultivating her relation with God first. What is a prophet or a prophetess? Well, very simply, it's somebody who hears from God and passes it on. If you hear from God and pass it on, that is a prophet, a spokesperson, you could say. So she's doing that. She's actually carving out time to hear from God and listen to God. And it says she didn't have the, the role of being a judge. She was judging. She was judging Israel. Now, that sounds terrible in our culture today. Judging Israel, the word is translated delivering. She wasn't being judgmental. She was delivering Israel. And how was she doing that? She's building relationships with God, and then people would line up to talk to her. Verse 5. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel, in the mountains of Ephraim. So that's about seven miles north of Jerusalem, pretty close to Jerusalem, north of it. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. They came to her. So she wasn't looking for this role. She simply was seeking God, listening to God, would pass on what God said. And she became known as a person that people could trust and go bring their problems and issues. And she would faithfully share, yeah, I think this is what God says about that. And now they would line up and she was delivering Israel, judging Israel. That model of building a relationship with God and having people eventually come to you after you tell your stories what God's doing is what God calls all of us to do as Christians, as followers of Jesus. We are commanded this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. We're commanded to be Deborahs. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Making sure God is your first love, your first priority. That's, that's the prophetess side, hearing from God. And always be ready as you set up at the palm tree of Deborah, the palm tree of Tim, the palm tree of Shiloh, your name, insert your name, be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you. They will ask you. 
When you have peace and silence and joy that others don't have, and you tell the story of others getting the peace and silence and joy in Jesus Christ they don't have, someone's going to ask you, how do I get that? Then you need to answer them uh, the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Like we are called to be, to be Deborah's. And Sheila, you said something just jumped out at you from this, this moment of her influence. Well, I think it was interesting that I think sometimes we can get very much hung up on this isn't my role or I don't have the title of leader. And that didn't stop her. She was about re- those relationships. So again, there we don't have to have a title or a role. It's about building the relationships and influencing that way. Yeah. So the question I think from this point is this, this is what God calls us to do. Put Christ first in our hearts. It takes intentionality, takes love, um, takes a desire, faith. And when you do that, build relationships with others. And guess what? At some point, they'll start lining up. They'll ask you at some point a question, how do you have that? So we're called to be Deborah's just like that. Now, there's a second moment. Uh, God had given the general Barak a promise that if he just mobilizes the nation, God will win the victory. But he's not doing it. That leads to our second uh, influential moment that, Sheila, why don't you take away? All right. Well, so we can look at the second way Deborah influences people for God by she influenced by getting uncomfortable. Now, influencing by getting uncomfortable does not sound like something we would want to do, does it? Like, that's just not a really fun thought. But for life to be different and for us to grow and influence those around us, we're going to have to get uncomfortable. And I can't think of one person in this Bible that was, that influenced without being uncomfortable. Um, Jesus wasn't even comfy. No, no. Um, so in order for God to do what he wants to do in your life and in the lives of others, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. And what is, we can look at verse six and see what's going on in the, with Deborah here. So verse six, it's time for war. Like they've been oppressed. It's time they've had enough cried uncle. Let's go and see what happens. It's time for a battle. But unfortunately, our military commander, he doesn't want to fight. That would be uncomfortable. But Judges 4, verse 6 and 7. Then she sent and called for Barak. Barak is our general, and she had to send for him. Well, that's an uncomfortable thing right there. That's starting a conversation that's going to be an uncomfortable one. But look what she said to him. She says, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded? She's simply reminding him of what he already knows. This isn't new information. She says, go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Natali and the sons of Zebulun. And against you, I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army. With all of his chariots... And his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. It's phrased as a question. This isn't new information. But how often is that just like us? God tells us to do something, and we don't want to do it because we're going to have to get uncomfortable. Tim, how does Barak respond here? So you and I have talked about this. Every time I read Judges 4 and 5, I just laugh for two reasons. Number one, I've been on the receiving end of... Deborah's kind question, and it stinks to be on the receiving end. Has not the Lord said this is true? That's no fun. Um, but also Barak's answer to her, he says this, the general. Okay, if you go to the battle, I will go. 
But if you don't go with me to the battle, I am not going. And it just makes me laugh every single time. I'm like, dude, seriously? I mean, I, I get it, but seriously. And so, yeah, she responds amazing. She has so many things she could say. And you pointed this out. I mean, how many things could she say at this point where he didn't want to go without her? And Well, and I think that here she is. She's already uncomfortable because she's leading yeah. when a time when limit women didn't lead. And now Brock's saying, hey, why don't you come out to the battlefield with me? There were not women on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's already uncomfortable, got to be in that that situation. But let's look at what she said and how she handled it. Verse 9. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak. What she could have said at that moment was, Dude, we need a stronger leader. You're the commander of the military here. What is wrong with you? You want a woman to go with you? Or she could have said, you know, I'm busy. This palm tree, just hanging out, talking with people. That's pretty comfy. But she didn't. And ladies, just between you and me for a second, how many times do we just do what's comfortable and let the words just fly out of our mouth? And so often we tear down the men in our lives. We tear them down with our words. We tear down our our husbands, our brothers, our uncles, our friends. And we even do that to women sometimes. The uncomfortable moment here for her and sometimes for us is just to bite our tongue and be encouraging and supportive. And that's what she's doing. When she said, I will surely go with you, she was just being an encouraging presence with him instead of belittling him. And that's Deborah's picture for every Christian. We can see in Matthew 16, 24, when Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. To deny yourself is not a comfortable thing. But to influence others, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. And maybe for you, that means forgiving somebody that's hurt you. Or having a tough conversation. Or sharing your faith. Sometimes that's not comfortable. Right now, maybe your comfy zone that you need to get out of is, we need you to go to North Overland Park and help with this next launch. Or you're going to need to step up and help at either of our Olathe campus or our South Overland Park campus. I don't know what the Lord is asking you to do. But I do know that he has designed you for influence so that you can impact people for God. Yeah, we talked about this. This is amazing. Here she is. She has a difficult conversation. And I promise you, she, look, there are people that are online in Olathe at South Overland Park. You know who you are. There is a conversation that's a hard one that you don't want to have. So you keep putting it off. Guess what's happening? Other people are suffering. They're suffering. Because you won't have a safe, courageous conversation. Please have that conversation. And then when you have it, shut down some of the things you want to say. And be encouraging to solve the problem. 
So that's the second thing she does. She actually uh, influences by, by getting uncomfortable. So now, now he, let's fast forward. He's mobilized 10,000 people from two different tribes. They're all assembled on the side of a mountain. They're looking in the valley. There's the enemy. 900 chariots are there. It's all set up. It's scary, but it's ready. And he is flipping channels in the tent. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, p- pick up. What does she do now, number three? Okay, so here's the third way we see Deborah, Deborah influence people for God. And we see her influence by seeing God. Yeah. We can influence people by seeing God. And it's during those times of challenge and in victory in our life that we need to look and see what God is doing. We need people to inspire us and we need to inspire other people to believe God. And we see Deborah do this in Judges 4, 13. So Sisera gathered together all of his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Herosheth Agoyim to the river Kishon. These 900 chariots of iron are like the modern day tank in the ancient world. So they were the ancient world's tanks and they were big and they were powerful and they were scary. And Barak's looking out of the tent and he's scared. And that's what they were facing. And what's Barak doing? You think he's changing channels, but let's look and see what he's really doing. <laughs> he was definitely sitting because he has to say up. <laughs> right. So in some way he's sitting. Some way he's sitting because in four, verse 14, Deborah says to Barak, up. Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered. Look there, that is already past tense. She's showing him what the Lord has already done. She's helping him see God in the moment. God said that he will do this. We just need to believe that promise. So, for this day in which the Lord has has delivered, sister, into your hand, has not the Lord gone out before you? So then Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. She's just challenging to get up. Go get that battle. Go fight that battle. The win, the victory is already yours. And life is hard. And we all are facing battles. And I wonder what you're facing. I see many of you and I know that you're facing challenges in your own life. Maybe there's an illness in your family. A recent death in your family. Marriages that aren't what you hoped that they would be. And negative self-talk going on in your head. Whatever those things are in our battles, we need to see God. And we need to look for those promises and we need people around us to help us do that. And that is what Deborah did for Barak. She challenged him to see that the battle was already won. And that is what God calls us to do. And we can see that in, um, Paul modeled this for us in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Sometimes what we see doesn't make sense. That's why we walk by faith. When we walk by faith and we can help others walk by faith and see God in their circumstances. And we are challenged, we challenge each other to walk by faith and we support each other to walk by faith. And one of the ways we do that here at Grace is through grace groups. We support each other and we challenge each other, encourage each other in our grace groups. Tim, what's going on in your grace group? Yeah, so I've been telling the story this weekend of three seasons of our grace group. Um, the first season we had a couple, couple three years ago, uh, we, we opened the door of transparency to each other where we shared all of our junk, sin, shame, shared it. 
And we went really deep, really quick, which was awesome. That was the key. We opened the door to each other. We showed each other grace, acceptance, love, got set free. Over the course of time, though, we didn't intend it. We slowly closed the door of candor on each other and found ourselves in a season of our grace group where my wife and I are looking at each other like, do we even want to do this anymore? We feel like we're just getting together, talking about surface level things. We have food. We talk on the surface about Jesus, no real life stuff. And then earlier this year, God flung the door open. And we're back in a moment now where people are doing this very thing, where we are helping each other see God. We have people, peers in our group saying, do you not see? This is what Deborah did. Deborah looked down at these, all of the armies. She saw the 10,000 people up just like God promised. She saw the enemies of God just like God promised. Only missing is he wouldn't believe it. So she said to him, dude, do you not see? This is what the Bible said would happen. He goes, nothing has changed. We walk by faith, not by sight. You're looking at it. You don't see a change. It doesn't matter whether you don't see a change. Do you not see what God has promised us? She helped him to see the promises were true, even though nothing had changed. We see our grace group doing that too, to each other. Saying, dude, do you not see? This is exactly what God said would happen. Believe this promise. That is happening. Do you help others see the promises that God had already seen? To see the truth. Because the spiritual is real. And God is one. And we are the Harlem Globetrotters. And they are the Washington Generals. And we are going to win this game. Laugh while we do it. Dunk on them and have fun doing it. We are the winners. Do you not see that? They're helping other people do it. So there's the fourth way now. Influencing by humble gratitude. Humble gratitude. This is awesome. Sheila, we talked about this. And you and I are more the, dry, the, the next hill people, right? So what do you do when you get a big victory in life? Do you, are you more likely to... Big victory, big sale, big bonus. You made it into that college. You passed that test. You made the team. What do you do? Okay, what's the next hill to take? There's your drivers. Hey, look what I did. I did this. There's the arrogant. Or do you press pause? Guys, we have to thank the one who did this. You realize you can influence people when you press pause and do not go on from that moment and thank God. Other people will go, oh yeah, you're right. We probably should thank God. That's really good. You influence them. So Deborah and Barack write a song. They pause to write a song. That is placed in the best-selling book in the history of the world. Her pausing to write a song has influenced billions of people. You don't realize the people you can impact aren't even born yet. So it says this in, in Judges chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Then Deborah and Barak, Barak, the son of Abinuam, sang on that day. They sang a duet. The man and woman leaders sang a duet. Sheila, join me in singing this next song. When leaders led in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. No. Yeah, she's not doing it yet, but I'll tell you what. One of these days, I'm going to get her to sing this duet. They did, and who knows? They probably were singing very poorly like me and us, but they sang. You just need to have enough faith. Believe God. Okay, all right, so here's the thing. But they did, what they sang about was when leaders led. Guys, we need you. You have, you have leadership gifts. We're planting two churches, two locations in September. You have leadership gifts in the corporation, in your home. We need you to lead. That is God working. 
We need to be willingly to offer yourself. We need you to keep planting churches, reproducing, reaching people, setting you free. You can no longer sit on your hands. And when you step up, we will bless the Lord. It is not an announcement by Tim. It is not a great video. It's not getting the website. It's not getting the connect card. It is God working in you. It is time for you to step up. Verse 3. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. And then look what happens if you press pause. If you press pause and thank God, the humble will be changed. Not everyone, just the humble ones. It says in Psalm 34, 2. My soul shall boast, make its boast in the Lord. I'm going to brag on God. I'm going to tell the story. When's the last time you told a story? We've been telling stories. with These story people get set free. We've been telling stories. When you brag on God, others want a piece of that. That's what's actually happening. I want that. I want that. Bragging on God. Guess what? The humble. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You will bring joy to people. You will change people's lives when you brag on God. In those vital moments after a victory. Before running off to take the next hill. Before arrogantly taking the credit yourself. Press pause and brag on God. And watch the humble changed. Sheila, bring us home. What, how does the story end? There is so much to this story. I really encourage you to unpack it a little bit and dig deeper into it with your grace group this week. In fact, there's another woman, and we haven't even really talked about her at all. Oh, Jail nails it. She just nails it. Yeah, she nails the guy's head to the ground. So read it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the end of the story in Judges 5, verse 31. Okay, so she ends the song, but let's look at the very last sentence. So the land had rest for 40 years. The land was oppressed by for decades, but Deborah changed people's lives. It was like she sent out this ripple effect of people's lives. They had this change and this peace that came over all of them. It'd be like you guys going out and creating a ripple effect and it had an impact till 2058. That was a long time. And in fact, if you have kids down in Grace Kids right now, they are too learning about Deborah and how that they can be people that create a ripple effect. And I'd love for you to talk to your kids about that on the way home today. Yeah, so kind of wrapping up Deborah's story, there's multiple characters. Which one are you? I mean, you're one of these characters. So maybe you're Deborah. Maybe you're Deborah. And uh, there's a conversation you need to have with somebody, and you keep putting it off. And because you keep putting it off, other people are suffering. They're not getting set free. Because you're not in faith having that courageous conversation. You have a safe way. You ask a question. Just ask questions. Please embrace your inner Deborah and have that conversation. Maybe you're Barack. And so this whole time we've been talking, there's a step you need to take. And we have been Deborah for you saying, dude, it's time. Please, it is time. It's time for you to take that step. Other people are suffering because you're not taking that step. Maybe you're the people. 20 years. It took them 20 years. As they said, well, this must be our normal. We're not like other people. We're not going to have the joy inside. Maybe something's wrong with me or wrong with God. No, 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 no. That's all available for you. It's available for you. Being set free. All the, all the silence, all the joy, all the peace is for you. Please call out to God who loves you. He will raise up a judge, a deliverer for you. Bring me someone who can help me with this. Maybe you're lost and you need Jesus Christ as Savior. 
Because all these 12 good judges, every one of them, not only picture us in our life, but they picture Jesus mostly. It's, it's Jesus. He is the deliverer. He is the Savior. He's the one that takes us away from our bondage and sets us free to have joy and peace and silence and rest. He's the one. Please call out to him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for everything you did when you sent Jesus Christ by, by your incarnation, the power of your perfect life, the power of your crucifixion, the power of your burial, the power of your resurrection, the power of your ascension, the power of your glorification. You, unle- you offer that power to us, all of that power, instantly, the moment we're saved, set people free by having to call out to you to be saved today, to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And pe- those who are languishing like Zebulun and Naphtali, these two tribes, may they get sick of it and realize the promises are for them too and call out to you to be delivered to silence and peace and joy, to open the door to you, we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.